1: Hello. This is your spoiler warning. If you have an inkling to watch Love in the Time of Cholera, make sure you do it before you listen to this podcast. Uh, you don't have to watch it. Though. Peace. I hate the word. I got
2: trust the fungs. I got one leg and a ticket. to play a little cornstarch. i my man. Luigi Mario. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizamo-Rama, a podcast where two uh, people um, watch films or TV shows starring John Leguizamo, an actor they like. One of those people is me, Zach Wayne. You might know me from...
1: You've got so much. Do I? Yeah, rip out something real. What do you mean? What about Something what about... from the heart
2: uh who you might know from you know being um uh being quite a serious person yeah uh, and and everything i do is is very funny, yeah, very silly, but I'm quite a serious person and someone who thinks a lot and thinks too much yeah uh but everything I do. Uh, that thinking is a barrier and, and it's a burden. Yeah. And I would, and I just, I look at my life sometimes as like, turn off that brain, turn off that brain. It's like, why not use that brain? Yeah. Not that I'm smart. I just think a lot. I think too much. Okay. And I'm not happy.
1: And I'm Mish Wittrop. Who you might know from being laughs aplenty 100% <laughs> of the time because serious people are
2: losers. <laughs> Mission Zach. Mission Zach. Zach. Mission Zach are coming at ya. Mish <laughs> talks about boobs and Zach talks about movies. Missions, <laughs> <and Zach. laughs> Which, funnily enough, makes this the perfect movie
1: for both of us because it's just tits and film.
2: Oh, it is tits and film. What a cinematic experience. Um, is there anything to talk about before we just jump into cholera? <laughs> Dive headfirst into cholera? Dive headfirst into the uh, two-and-a-half-hour experience that is love Oh, and cholera. my God.
1: There's something about a two-and-a-half-hour film. You have to have made something real good. Yeah. What's a really good long
2: movie? Godfather.
1: How long's that?
2: Three plus. Okay. Um
1: What else is a really long movie? You got Titanic, obviously. Titanic. I think that holds up. Titanic holds Do you know, up.
2: Past two and a half hours. Mm. Past two and a half hours, the length has to be like a part of it.
1: Does yeah, that make oh, sense? Like Gone with the Wind.
2: Yeah, like like it's in its length. Godfather is great because it moves at a snail's pace mm. and then by the end of the movie you know, the main character is a completely different person and you never saw them shift. Yes. So it's like three hours of, like, nothing happening and then at the end you're like, oh, wow, well, a lot happened and I didn't even know. Yeah. Um, three hours should never be because you couldn't get it down to an hour and a half. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and then you've got movies like Gone with the Wind, which although dated because I believe it was made in 1930 nine or 38, but the story holds up. Like a lot happens. Mm. From start to finish you've got a very different end to what you had at the beginning and I believe it's three hours.
2: Lord of the Rings trilogy. Same deal. It's, like, it's, it's struggling to cram all of that story into its three hours. It's six hours of story in three hours. That's a great key idea. Yeah. Dark Knight I think is 240.
1: That's a, that's a long movie too though.
2: Dark Knight doesn't... Ho- like. No, nah, I think it's brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you've got a lot of, like, like the older movies. I'm looking them up right now. You've got, like, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Mm-hmm. That's a long film. Uh, Once Upon a Time in America, long movie. Um, and I think now we have all been destroyed and we need so much stimulation from a film. Mm. I've talked about this before, about how Raging Bull is amazing. It's such an incredible movie but it's it was boring for me when i first watched it because i was so used to movies having big big things happening constantly all the time and raging bull is often just kind of like
2: well do you know i think as well you know? those movies are meant to be watched in a cinema you're meant mm-hmm. to like you, they are. Uh, they are assuming mm-hmm. you're in a dark room with no distractions, nothing else to do,
1: just you and the film.
2: And that's a different thing entirely to Lord of the Rings. Well, well, look, but it, like that's a different thing entirely to watching Raging Bull on TV, double screening. Like though, it, it, it's sort of sitting in it. Mm. Um, like uh, I saw. Uh, what was the one Martin Scorsese's one on Netflix that was like 340?
1: Oh, The Irish The Irishman, Irishman right?
2: Yeah. And that, that that could have lost 20. But
1: <laughs> I've but, not seen it because of the length. Yeah, I was right. like that's a commitment.
2: So I saw that at the movies. Mm-hmm. I saw that a saw a screening of it because there were a few. And I was like, fuck, it I really enjoyed it. And because it 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 travel it is an entire man's life. He starts at 20 and he gets to like 80 and it's really really a very long period of time. Um, And, you know, for all the faults in that movie, and there are a few, like there is an old man with a young face for the bulk of the movie. But sitting in a cinema, you get the length, right? You Mm -hmm. go, oh, it's about when, when he's 80 at the end of the movie, you've felt that entire life, right? But I don't think that movie would work on Netflix because then it becomes like a TV show, then you're stopping and starting. Yeah, you're right, yeah. And then it's, like, then it's more like a four-part miniseries um, that doesn't actually, you know, it's, it's a different thing. It's interesting because people are like, you can watch it in four parts, and Scorsese was like, nah. Nah, don't do that. That's not a, it's a different thing.
1: Tell you what is a very good movie to see at the cinemas
2: mm-hmm. is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, great, fantastic. Yeah.
1: I saw Mortal Kombat. <laughs> the new one? Yeah. Yeah, great. A couple weeks ago uh, at the cinemas
2: yeah um, because, so. Do uh, they have Mortal Kombat in it?
1: like the characters do they oh, do, do they, they have combat
2: the that are mortal
1: that are mortal um like sort
2: of cuz i've heard there's not much no. mortal combat in mortal combat
1: no there's one like the final <laughs> the final scene is a combat that seems quite <laughs> Seems quite mortal. But I so funny story. (laughs) Um, I booked tickets Mm -hmm. ahead of time to that movie because I was like, this is something nice for my partner. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something selfless because I couldn't give a fuck about Mm. Mortal Kombat. But I'm like, you know what? We're going to go see a movie. I'm going to book a movie that's right up his street. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, baby, I bought you a present. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, what would you get me? And I was like, I got you a ticket and me a ticket to see Mortal Kombat at Hoyts, Melbourne Central. And he, was, and he goes, cinema. thank you. And he goes, oh, thank you so much, thank you, like awesome, yeah, cool. Like that's a Saturday, and we can do a bit of shopping beforehand, and maybe go get like a bit of lunch. And I'm like, yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, you don't seem too happy about this. I was like, oh, are you? Have you seen it? Like it's only been out for. A He's like, no, no. It's it's like I'll be honest with you, Shell. Like I'm not really into Mortal Combat. Mm. I was like, oh well, fuck. So we went and saw a movie that neither of us really wanted to see. That's great. But mind-blowingly entertaining on the big screen. I'm sure if it was on Netflix and I put it on, I'd be like, this movie sucks. But on the big screen, it is pure entertainment. And we have spoken previously about movies we like, and mine is it's not necessarily about the structure of it or why it was made or what the – I just want to be entertained. Mortal Kombat did that. Mm. It's great. I love a cinema experience like that. Mm. Beautiful. So I highly recommend Mortal Kombat. Truthfully, in terms of entertainment, solid solid four. A solid four out of five. That's great. Yeah.
2: Do you know what I watched the other week um, <clears throat> that's also quite a long movie mm-hmm. um, that I was like, I'd love to watch this on, on the big screen? It's Contact with Jodie Foster.
1: Oh, my God, I haven't...
2: Have you not seen Contact? Wait, which
1: one's Contact? That sounds, just by the title alone, I had this at Jodie Foster, I feel like. You've seen it? No, I feel like I've seen it. And if I haven't, it was made for me. Oh,
2: my God. So, it's about, <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a sci-fi. Okay, I'm out. But it's also not. Okay, it's actually I'm back like, in. <laughs> I, do you know what? I think, I don't want to give away too much. If you've not seen it, it's actually one not to really give away. But I think you could, you might really enjoy it. It's, it's. Is it on Netflix? It's on, no, I think I bought it. I think I was, we were flicking through it and I was like, I really want to watch Contact starring Jodie Foster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know when you have one of those yeah, moments? Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, it's about, uh, it's, she is someone who listens for patterns in radio waves coming from out of space mm. to, to, um, Hear from aliens, like if there's an other life, and she's this really promising scientist, and and people are like, why are you wasting your time on this? And then, you know, maybe they hear something, and, yeah, yeah, and, and the journey goes from there. But it's it's really str- strange because it's a massive budget movie that's more character drama than anything else. Yeah, it's it's, but then it goes in, in it goes places that you don't expect it to go.
1: Okay. Um,
2: I think the less you know, the better. Um, Okay. But I think that's a movie where I was watching it. There's this moment. It's purely a moment that's not like big budget. It's just this like close-up of like her face, I think. And I was just like, fuck, that would be great on a big screen. Like that's a shot. That big Mm. close-up of her face is meant for a big screen. I think that's – I love those moments. There's certain films that are just like – Eighth Grade was one that I found surprisingly good for the big screen as well.
1: I reckon. So I saw Interstellar last year for the first time. Yeah, didn't like it. No, it's fine because it's sci-fi. Um, but I reckon I would have enjoyed it more on a big screen. Yeah,
2: that was a big yeah. screen right?
1: Yeah, because I think just on my little thirty-eight inch dick. No,
2: <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That That's was so funny. That was. Supremely immature of me.
2: That's so funny. It's a sexy movie. We're talking. We're about to get to a sexy movie. Yeah.
1: I'm so, I needed to bring up a thirty-eight-inch dick because
2: of because of the film, of we're, the about film, to we're, to film
1: we're about to watch. And let's be honest, I just finished watching it. I'm horny. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm Not.
1: No. This made my vagina close <laughs> close up like crazy. Before we talk about it, I will say, just talking about purchasing movies on YouTube, I'd never done it before this podcast, but obviously we have to do it sometimes. And since I discovered that you could rent films on YouTube, I have rented a couple.
2: Yeah, I, I do that. Like, I'm, mm. I'm quite the fiend now for, like... Yeah. We have uh, so many fucking, like, streaming things. Yeah. And we'll scroll through all of them and then, like, rent. Yeah. Contact starring Jodie Foster. Oh, no,
1: I get it. I rented... A movie that I saw when I was like maybe 13 or 14. And I remember it loving it when I was younger. And I'm like, fuck, I've got an inkling to watch that. And it's called The Good Son. Okay. With Elijah Wood and oh. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, I know of it. I've not oh. seen it. Oh, and then I it's rented the it on YouTube. I, ever... I rented it on YouTube. It doesn't hold up. It's not as good as I remember, but for... It's full... kind of
2: Damien Omen vibes, isn't it? Like one of them's an evil child. Yes, and one and... of them's
1: a good child. Yeah, and great. the evil. No one thinks the evil child is evil, but he tries to drown his sister in a lake. And Yeah, I remember.
2: I, I have seen it. He I shoots... saw it on the telly. <laughs> he, sh-
1: he shoots a bird yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's very much like one of those movies that would have been on it like... After the 8.30 movie, yeah. you know, the 8.30 movie yeah, on Channel I I, 7. Yeah,
2: that's, I think, when I saw it. Yeah. And I then, think it might have even been, like, like my parents were watching it yeah. and it was like, go to bed. And I was like, oh, this is scary. Yeah, You watch, like, Forest Gump at 8.30 and then come
1: 11 o'clock, The Good sun comes yeah, on. Yeah, um, But I would recommend, it, again, pure entertainment but not
2: a great film. But I am really into renting movies on YouTube, which is ridiculous. But, no, I hear what you're saying just coming back to Interstellar. Yes, that is a good one on the big screen. Interstellar is very, very, very similar. It's a great – it has a lot of good stuff, that film. Mm. Um, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey is a sort of uh, like a big inspiration for Interstellar and that's a movie that uh, the Aster cinema, you know, the Aster in St Kilda, so it's like a big single screen picture house for, for listeners not from Melbourne and they um, they used to own a – a a 70 mil print of Mm -hmm. that film and they would do it once every six months and do seasons of it and stuff. And it is like that's a film where it's funny. There's older films where I go like people are like, oh, that's boring. It's like go see it on a big screen because when you see it on a big screen, that's kind of the point. Yeah, They didn't know that their film would ever be seen on something smaller than a big screen. And even pre nineteen eighty. They didn't know, like, it was only ever for the big screen. So when you're watching it on your little TV, it's not, it's not, that was never a part of their decision making. That's a very
1: good point. A very, very good point.
2: Do you know, fun, Well, one last thing before we talk about fucking love and cholera. I am watching X-Files. <gasps> really? Yeah. That's great. X-Files was
1: a show that my mum my was really into when yeah. I was, like, eight. Yeah. So I saw it a lot, but I couldn't tell you anything that happens. But, fuck, I should watch that too.
2: I'm telling you, because I, I was the same. I'd watched it a lot. It, it was in my periphery. Mm. I knew the character. I'd seen episodes. Mm. but um, You loving it? Loving it. Oh, that's Only great. Only, like, five episodes in. I've never seen, other than Twin Peaks, mm. a show come out of the gate so, like, perfectly. Mm. Like, it's literally four or five episodes in, and it's like, this is season two, season three level of they know their characters, they know what oh, this show's good. about. Like, it's just, I've never seen a show so sure of itself from the top. Do
1: you know what other show does that? Yeah. And right. we gotta give it some credit is True Blood. Right. Have you ever seen it? No. Okay, season one of True Blood, I rewatched that in lockdown. 2020, one of our many, and it fucking is so good for that. It builds every character perfectly. You're invested in everyone, even the cunts, and I just I remember re-watching season one and then didn't watch further beyond that because season one is kind of like is easily the best season. But um, it's just it's so good at doing that. And it's also another reason why I dick on about Prison Break so much because similarly Prison Break is very good at building a character quickly so you know exactly what they're about even though, like, 80% of the people in the Prison Break can't act.
2: <laughs> um, it's just very good at that. But here's what I'll say, though, about X-Files that's distinct from all of those things, is all of the ones... I, I said Twin Peaks, you said Prison Break and <laughs> True Blood. Yeah. No, but they're all the same kind of ilk. But all of them fell apart very quickly. Mm-hmm. Within a season... By season two, it was like, what are we doing here? Yes. A show usually that comes out of the gate strong doesn't have legs. X Files, I remember the latter seasons. It gets pretty crazy. Like it yeah. gets pretty, but it it came out of the gate strong and had ten seasons. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? it? And that's the thing you're watching it, and it's just like it's the setup. It's so clearly you know because the whole thing is Mulder. Um, Believes and Scully is the skeptic, right? And I thought Scully,
1: Gillian Anderson, yeah, yeah.
2: It's Mulder and Scully, and he believes he believes in aliens, and she's like a skeptic. And I was like, Queen, Queen, (laughs) and I was like, Oh, this is gonna be like really weird, and it's gonna get weird really quickly. Like they've seen aliens every episode. Mm. Why is she still a skeptic? But like, it's it from the top is like it's not that she's a skeptic per se. It's not that she doesn't believe in aliens. It's that she doesn't assume. She uses empirical evidence. So it's like there's an almost an element, like I think within a season she'll have seen enough aliens to be like, look, Mulder, it could be aliens, we believe in aliens, (laughs) but let's not assume Mm -hmm. here. And it's like it's just great. It's so good. That's so good. And the reason why I was going to say is that they filmed it, They they – I was, like, watching it. I'm like, wait, this is from 1992 and it's in widescreen. Have they, like, cropped it? And apparently when they made the film, I think this is so interesting and it isn't and I need you to change the topic as soon as I've said it. Yep, sure, no problems. I was like, why is this in widescreen? Because, like, um, The Simpsons recently on Disney+, Plus, there was a bit of controversy because they were chopping off the top and the bottom to make it fit our widescreen TVs, but actually the image is meant to be a square and that was ruining the visual joke sometimes. Um, Are you serious? Twin Peaks is the same. Like t- TV used to be shot in the square. Um, and if you're like, a you know, as the director originally intended or the showrunner kind of person, actually with TV from that era, even if you've got a widescreen TV, you probably want to get like, mm. uh, not the square, it's like four, three. Like you want to get a five, whatever, like that kind of ratio. Mm. Whereas X Files was widescreen, I'm like, that's really weird. And then I looked it up, and they shot everything for both. They like shot it in widescreen, but then knew they were going to crop it. They they were like, they were like in 1991, 92, they were like, there's going to be widescreen TVs within the next ten years, so let's make sure we have this clever widescreen. cookies. Isn't that like? And it like makes my viewing. Experience I don't think so that that was. You've said much duller shit than that. I of, think that's. Well, I think I sold it. You did. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, had, you had me from the first word, <laughs> all the way down to the end. I knew how boring that was as a fact. <laughs> and I knew I had to sell it. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, they shot it in wide for the. But like, and then they cropped it for the TV. Then. Knowing that one day it would be white. And now I get to enjoy the show in widescreen. Anyway, X-Files, top notch. Give it a go. We can watch it. We can chat about it.
1: I'd love that. We still... I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for you to either invite yourself over to my house or invite me over to yours so that we can watch Funny Girl together. Yes. Um, I haven't seen Funny Girl in years and I miss it. I was listening... I've was, never seen Funny Girl. I was walking my giant puppy yesterday... Uh, and I was listening to the Funny Girl soundtrack as I walked. So if you saw me walking my puppy and I had them tunes in, mm. I was listening to Barbra Streisand singing uh, Don't Rain on My Parade. That's great. It's great walking music.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, Should we
2: uh, talk about tits dipped in cholera? So can I... (laughs) No, no, I, I've got to, I, anyway, you, you read, it, read away, read uh, so, away. So uh,
1: as, what year was this film? I didn't even think to fucking look at it. 2007. So my first year out of high school. That was my community theatre mm-hmm. year.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. That's very <laughs> Thanks,
1: funny. we'll uh, discuss that later. Uh, so this film is called to- uh, Love in the Time of Cholera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an adaption from a book mm-hmm. uh I don't know who by, but the director is Mike Newell, Mm -hmm. if you can believe that.
2: I can believe that it was not, that it was a white old British man. Yeah, you can believe that. Yeah. Sorry, Uh, I'm I'm, I'm being too clear in my opinion.
1: (laughs) I wonder what Zach thinks. All right. Love in the Time of Cholera tells the story of Florentino, played by Javier Bardem, and also someone much younger than Javier Bardem that looks absolutely nothing like him. Florentino loves Femina. He confesses his love to her and she says she loves him too. A few years later, he says he loves her again and she says she does not love him anymore but instead loves Benjamin Bratt. This upsets Florentino so much, this upsets Florentino so much, he spends the rest of his life obsessing over her while also having sex with lots of different women. When Benjamin Bratt dies, Florentino tells Femina that he loves her again on the same day of Benjamin Bratt's funeral. Femina says, get the fuck out of my house because Florentino's timing is beyond shit. Florentino is sad and has sex with lots more women. Femina kind of changes her mind, shows Florentino her saggy breasts and they have old people sex. John Leguizamo plays Femina's dad. He is controlling and loves rich men. He wears well-fitted suits and cute little hats. He's not in this film very much, but quite a bit at the start, which gives us hope, but we are let down.
2: So, um... I want to say for this film, it goes for two hours and something. Two hours, 20 minutes. I said to Mish, I want to just read. (laughs) I want to read our our conversation. Okay. Um. so... uh, Probably next week or the week after we're, we're going to do uh, Waiting for Gotto.
1: We really want to. I want to make sure that we have access. To be honest, I haven't really looked properly into I've had a bit
2: of a look. I think we can. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. It's like, we'll find a way. Um, I, I don't think it's geo-blocked or anything. Mm. Um, so uh, so I said uh, um, Gotto goes for three hours. And yep. we decided yesterday mm-hmm. to watch something, and I said, hi, Mish, you know, we're both pretty busy. Have you watched "Gotto yet? If not, want to go with the normal, with a normal-length movie to watch tonight? And you said, yep, that's good for me. Cool, cool. Um, and then you said, uh, um, let me have a look at the list. It was um, between two films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then it was between two films. It was between a movie that, this is very funny to me, it's between Rage. Yep. Which was, um uh, like, Godot is people looking at a camera talking. Mm-hmm. You picked a movie that is people looking at a camera talking for an hour and a half or a two and a half hour. <laughs> Look, I usually. You did the work. I'm no, with you 100%. no, well,
1: no, I can't really take credit for doing the work. There wasn't much work behind it. I usually pick the films in advance. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And the then I was we, like, oh, shit. I think shit. we needed a week. You yeah. Know, as well. I, was I was like, oh, shit, we have to record a podcast in two days. I was like, Zach, like, what? No, you message me. And you're like, mm. what are we going to do? I was like, fuck. I was like, well, I looked at his list, and those were two films that we hadn't looked at. Because we've chatted a lot about doing a lot of his other movies, but we might want someone on at the time or we mm. might want to do it at a certain point. So I, I didn't look up running times. I was like, they both look average. Let's just smash out an average film. I had no idea that Love in the Time of Cholera on Prime <laughs> was two hours and 20
2: minutes. I just think it's funny. I, this is where I go, I agree with you on that. It's funny that we're like, yeah, let's not do Godot. Which is a three-hour movie of people looking at a camera. Let's either do this movie, which is people look, monologuing at a camera, or this movie—that's <laughs> movie fucking long, <laughs> which is three hours. Um, um f- and I really struggled. Aren't you glad though, no. Aren't you glad that we've got... whatever your sentence is about to be the end?
1: <laughs> I'm personally glad we got this one out of the out way. of the way.
2: Um, it, it's um, it's yeah, go.
1: I I'm personally glad we got this one out of the way. I watched the trailer. And whoever edited the trailer tried really hard to sell this film. Because the trailer makes it look like a jaunty, enjoyable film.
2: I can imagine the two thousand and seven trailer.: yeah. Columbia hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah. This Florentino
1: summer, loves the love story. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'd never read the book. I'd never heard of the book. I had no idea what this film was about. All I knew was the trailer. And then the opening scene of this film is Benjamin Bratt climbing up a tree, falling off the tree, and dying.
2: In old people makeup. And some everyone, of the ev- worst. Everyone.
1: Oh my God. Can I just
2: say, everyone in this, like everyone in this scene, mm. it's Benjamin Bratt, it's this other person, it's everyone looks like Winona Ryder at the start of uh, Edward Scissorhands. Edward
1: Scissorhands. <laughs> Yes. It so, is,
2: I'm an old lady.
1: It is some of the worst makeup. No offence, but it is not good. You can literally see the cheek implants. Do you know old, um, people, implants.
2: old people makeup is, I was, remember, because I was a big Lord of the Rings fan and they did a bit of that, it's apparently some of the hardest mm. makeup to do. I can imagine. Because... Um, When you get old, like, you start to sallow, like, you lose stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to add to a fresh. She was tough because she's, like, got a very baby face, Mm. plump. That's not how a person ages. Like, things.
1: Well, hers was also, like, she's got to age, but let's keep her hot, though. Yeah. (laughs) We'll make sure that she stays hot.
2: It, Javier Bardem looks great old. He it works for him, but Benjamin Bratt.
1: Javier Bardem looks great old, but it still looked like stage makeup. Yeah. And sta- Do You know
2: that oh sorry go.
1: Stage makeup is so different mm. from film makeup. I don't mean to misexplain to everybody, but it is like ridiculously different. It's the difference
2: between a close up to a back of the row. The reason yeah. for stage makeup is to convey something to the back row. Yeah. The reason for film makeup is usually to because you're
1: in that you're with them. It's meant to be real. This I'm not up the back. I'm sitting on my couch, watching this on Prime. I don't need to be able to see where the Little bit of cheek that they've added to Javier Bardem's face attaches to his real face. It was bad. And all the makeup was gray. Like yeah. it was just not, the makeup was so bad.
2: Can I say, though, do you know the worst old person makeup in cinema history, in my opinion? Who? Guess. I want you to guess.
1: The worst
2: old people. Makeup. I don't know why I'm making this a guess.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of movies with, that have old people makeup.
2: I'll tell you, Jay Edgar. Have you ever seen Jay no. Edgar? Oh. I'm going to look it up right now. My God, Army Hammer.
1: Oh who, who, yeah. No
2: comment on that. Yeah. Um, on that stuff. On the whole Army Hammer thing, but Army Hammer is this buff, big, strong man. But see, so Leonardo DiCaprio done old looks bad. Jay um, Army Hammer looks like the old man in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. God, like he's too big.
1: That's insane. He's
2: too big of a man. Do you know what I mean? Like old people don't stay that big. They like get little and crimply.
1: Oh God, that's bad.
2: That's really bad. They did it really well on the Avengers.
1: They do it well in How I Met Your Mother.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oddly enough, have you seen? <laughs> did you have you seen the latest Avengers:
1: Endgame? I've never seen an Avengers. Movie. Well,
2: in that they do it with like a bit of computer as well. They like they have an old uh, spoiler alert, mm. an old Captain America,
0: mm.
2: and they apparently I was watching some of how they did it. They got uh, Chris Evans to perform it, then they got an old man to perform it, like straight after mm. him. And then they composited them. They, they put Chris Evans' face with CGI old people on the old man's body, mm. and like that's the way to do it. Oh, I would say so. Do you know what I love? Just talking about like when
1: you get an actor and you age them in a film, mm. when uh, they put in different actors who are older, but then they dub them with the voice of the actor. I've
2: never seen this. In my oh my god, in it's in League Fence of too. Their Own. Wow! So in League of Their Own, Gina Davis as an older person—that's ridiculous because the uh, that you nine times out of ten the part that works the least, yeah. is the voice.
1: Yeah. So Gina Davis's character, no, 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 no. That's what. Oh wait, no, wrong. So like, so Gina Davis is in a League of Their Own. The that she is arguably the protagonist in that film. Then at the, so right at the start of the film and then right at the end it's Gina Davis aged about forty years and they've got a completely different actor in for that role but they've dubbed her with it's Gina the Davis's voice. Choice. They also do it in First Wives Club but the opposite. So they have uh, Goldie Horn and uh, Stockard Channing, Diane Keaton and Bette Midler as younger people but dubbed with Bette Midler's Amazing. voice and Diane Keaton's voice and it's so funny. Oh, that's, that's so funny. I would have preferred that. Like I would have preferred an old dude playing old Benjamin Bratt with Benjamin Bratt's voice than this clusterfuck. Well,
2: the thing I was going to say, like the one note, do you want to know the one note I wrote down yeah. in this two hours and 40 minutes <laughs> was Javier um, Bardem plays every age but his own <laughs>
1: Thing ever. <laughs> and you've got, I'll credit you
2: this, this is funny as shit. <laughs> I, guess so, I, like, I broke my own rule, the yeah. whole don't comment. Well,
1: yeah, I was really surprised. I couldn't, so, I
2: couldn't. I was an hour in. And I was Zach like, I doesn't
1: have- let me message him during films anymore because, A, he's usually not seen them yet because I watch them before he does, and, B, it ruins it. Like, we like to save it for the pod, yeah, right. right? So my opinion of this film, Zach has had no idea about a film that we're talking, like, Zach doesn't know my opinion of a film until we're sitting down and we're recording it. So you guys find out. Pretty much, like, the same way Zach finds out, right? Last night, obvi- we, without discussing it, we were both watching the movie at the same point in, at the same in, time. In, like, unison which, almost. by the way, Zach, very cute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you want to know the funniest, layer? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to uh, get fitter for, like, live performance and stuff. Mm. So I'm trying to do 10,000 steps a day and I um, – was watching the movie on a treadmill. <laughs> oh, that's so eighties of you. I know, and it was tough. I mean, it would have been so much easier to just be like, bah. but yeah. I was like moving, so it like was keeping me actively engaged. That's so this. funny. Anyway, that's just a funny layer. No, for I you love to that to it all.
1: Um, and Zach messages me, and what did you say? You were just like,
2: I, I literally, I messaged you. I didn't message you an opinion. It was just as I watched it. So. I this is really like this ha- has to have some context mm-hmm. if you've not seen the film. So they start the movie as they're old and then it goes back. Yes, right? So they do old people makeup and then it goes back to them in like their 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Javier Bardem at this point is like 40, 45 as an actor, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, well he's too old to play this part
1: of a, like a essentially 21-year-old a man. young
2: man yeah. in love and all of that. So and this makes sense they've done it many times mm. they recast they cast a young actor to play the part but they didn't recast anyone, anyone else. else. So the love interest is the same actress. The fa- John Leguizamo plays her father. Yeah. Same guy. Same guy. And And then there's not even, like, a great jump in time. It's literally... Three
1: years. It's three years. So he's gone from 21 to 25. No, that's four. But that's the
2: vibe. Like, he literally goes from this 20-year-old young actor to Javier Bardem. Yeah,
1: and Zach just messaged me and said, maybe she suddenly realises she didn't love him because he became a 45-year-old man in the space of one trip away. (laughs)
2: Because she just goes, I don't love you anymore. Yeah, it's like,
1: because I get it as well. Like, that's a different man
2: standing in front of you. It was the strangest choice. And it's like, you just age him up, change it. If Mm. you, if you, I I don't think I've ever seen someone more. Well, no, I think he's great once the characters age appropriate. I think Javier Bardem is really good from two hours in. (laughs) I'll be honest, I like
1: Javier Bardem, uh, No Country for Old Men, brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) I can do it too. Uh, He's incredible. In this film, he he has one emotion, the entire film, the entire film. There's no... The whole film is just one standard emotion. Like there's nothing to it. There's nothing happens. It's just man obsesses over woman he can't have and has sex with a lot of other women. And Mm. that's kind of it. There's no, there's nothing to it. Should we talk about breasts?
2: (laughs) Well, we should absolutely talk about breasts. But I do just want to say, like, if what we're describing sounds ludicrous, it's more ludicrous than you can imagine. Yeah. It's it's like, imagine, uh, have you seen, um, uh, have you seen, uh, what's the one with, um, oh, no. Oh, no, what have you done? The Cowboys, The Cowboys in Love. Beautiful, beautiful broke Brokeback Mountain. It's like if, <laughs> it's like if Jake Gyllenhaal's character is played By like Tobey Maguire for twenty minutes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's like
2: (laughs) if Brokeback Mountain was a pantomime. (laughs) It's it's like if it's 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 like no. Do you know what it is? It's like if everything happens up on the mountain and it's Jake Gyllenhaal, Mm. and then they get they come back, and everyone else stays the same. It's still Anne Hathaway. And then, and then, and then, like that scene,
1: that scene where Jack Gyllenhaal comes back and they have Pash for the first time underneath the house. But it's just now, now he's played by Tom
2: Selleck. (laughs) That's the one character (laughs) they've decided to make 40 years old. That is, and I am not joking. It's so funny. That's the choice. Everyone else is the same. The director wanted
1: Javier Bardem to play Florentino so badly.
2: I think the uh, executives, I think the money people. Well, like, we
1: need Javier. But then when they looked at it, it's like, he cannot play 20. He can't do it. It's like, well, then just replace him. Should we replace it? We don't have the money to replace everyone. We're paying for Javier Bardem. It's Crazy. insane. It
2: is. And it's like this. So but the, the way it plays out for me is spectacular because, I look, I don't know ages here, but I think I can confidently say this. So she, uh, John plays the father of this girl and someone else plays Javier Bardem's part and he's like, you can't marry this boy. Mm. And then in the next scene, that boy is now the same age, if not older. <laughs>
1: John like she- <laughs> Yeah, it's so strange. Like, <laughs> sacrifice Javier Bardem, or or, or, or
2: rewrite the character. characters. Yes, one hundred percent. Just or make him like 30. recast
1: the three other characters that you didn't age. Like, because there's not a lot of characters in the part where everyone's younger. Do
2: the moonlight thing, or that one with Carrie Mulligan where they play clones. Just have different actors. Yeah, all different. But also don't. Do that. Also, don't make this film. <laughs> and then literally, so this is what happens, right? The guy is 20. He's in love with her. Then Javier Bardem at 40, 45 plays this character at 25. And then we're travelling along for a bit and then there's a jump in time about two, uh, an hour and a half in. Mm. And then the character is older. Yeah. Than Harvey. He's suddenly like 50, 55. Yeah. Javier Bardem never plays, plays his age, his age yeah. in this film, ever.
1: At no point does Javier Bardem not have hair colouring in his hair. He's got <laughs> some sort of black monstrosity when he's 24 and then when Jumping Time is 55 he has a white hairspray. <laughs> if
2: they had flipped Javier Bardem and Benjamin Bratt. Oh, that's good. Like... Bam! Done. Easy. You've got still got the Oscar winner in the film. Just and and Benjamin Bratt could play that character. Fine. Fine. You know, from twenty through. Yeah. You need someone that can play that character. That that flip right there. That works. I wonder if Johnny probably- Legs could have played the character. He did True. it. He did that character. He's done versions of that character in um, the one with the matchsticks. The the uh, hopelessly romantic. Oh, character. Pyromaniac's love story. Pyromaniac's love story. It's a comparable kind of character. Just yeah. this like um, love and passion and mm-hmm. and Sweno. Sueno. <laughs> he's done Sweno?
1: This is yeah. It's it made me mad. Uh, yeah.
2: Sorry, go. You want to talk about the boobies?
1: I think I think we need to address the boobies. We have to talk about the
2: boobies. Not
1: only so, this film had Javier Bardem Mm -hmm. and tits. That was the two main characters in this film.
2: I've never seen so many boobs in a movie. And boobs, like boobs. Yeah. I don't use the word boobs often, yeah. but there's a lot of boobs in this movie. <laughs> a lot of boob- and we're not talking side boob. Like
0: boobs. We're
1: not talking someone's back when they're naked, so the idea that, oh, there's some boobs. In- it's
2: just like there are boobs in this film. And just like like <laughs> there's a couple, there's some butts here and there. But no, like, it's not. But there's not a lot. I there's didn't like, see one bottom. I we saw... see like one. We see Javier Bardem's bottom once. Yeah. Uh, but this is what I'm like. It's it's. There's no side boob. There's no back. There's yeah. no bum. It's just like a lot of boobs. <laughs> like that's the nudity we see. Is yeah, boobs. Boobs.
1: We don't see a lot of kissing. We don't see a lot of hugging or foreplay.
2: It's just boobs. They're so. Many boobs in this movie. It's it's um I just wanna say, generally speaking, uh this is a movie and I imagine the book you said it, you're like, I imagine the book's really good. Uh there's there's I remember reading a thing, I think it's Thunderball. Uh no, no, it's another one. There's a Bond movie. Apparently the best one of the best Bond movies Mm -hmm. um came from one of the worst Bond books. And I remember reading this like in-depth thing once where they said it's a fascinating thing that some of the best films tend to come from some of the worst books yeah. and vice versa mm-hmm. because there's something in when you adapt a book you can't be too loyal to it. Yeah. And you said it you were like this I you were like I'm sure it's a good book and by all accounts it's a great book. I've not read the book, but this felt like like, the script was just the book. Yeah. Like, they just rocked up to set and they were just, like, said the stuff. Yeah.
1: I have not read this book either, but you also said outside. I'm sure that this book in its day, I don't know when it was written. 80-something. Great. Was probably quite sexy I'm or sure the sexual book or is, intimate. Yeah. Like, I think that the description of Florentino and Fermina's relationship would be so, like, like it would there would just be a lot of detail to it and you would feel that relationship but without that level of detail all we've got is
2: boobs <laughs> this is like this is the plot right yeah. you've said it but the plot is a uh, hot sweaty 1800s mm. Columbia. B- beautiful young man loves a beautiful young woman yeah forbidden love she, she marries someone else who is also beautiful and so he, rich? So he then goes and has um meaningless. Hot, meaningless point like sex, and he takes his love and he puts it into something pointless, and then it's thirty years in sweaty Colombia, beautiful Latino people making love. <laughs> Uh, it's it's the contrast. It's all the kinds of love. Yeah, you know, it's the idea of of, of physical love yeah. and fu- versus fucking versus. It is the most intensely erotic elevator pitch I've ever heard. Yeah, and the least sexy movie oh, I've ever like. I was.
1: L- they took all of that. Everything you just said so beautifully. By the way, that was thank beautiful. You. Everything you just said. They took all of that and they mashed it up. And they
2: turned it into boobs. (laughs) There's a bit in the movie where I checked out, which is the first sex scene between the love interest and Benjamin Bratt. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it's meant to be awkward. It's meant to be um, uncomfortable because that's not the person she was meant to lose her virginity to. It was meant to be, right? But it's not meant to be like licking their heads to finger each other. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, it's just like, ugh. And there's scenes in it that are meant to be, like, I think they're meant to be sexy. And I'm just like, ugh. It's
1: it's not trusting, it's not trusting that your audience or your viewer has had sex before. (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, we'll show them what, like, it's just awkward. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. I, it's,
2: it, I'm talking, like, licking hands and jerking each other off. And, yeah. And, like, I'm all for that. I love Short Bus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm happy to go there. Like, I I can go further than this. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this It's an intensely, intensely sexless film mm-hmm. with a lot of sex in it. Does yeah. that make
1: sense? One,
2: oh, 100%. 100%. It's a lot. Like, I was sitting... Watching the last hour of my lunch break. <laughs> just, like, going, ugh, <laughs> yucky.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just any any opportunity they have to show a boob, they show a boob and they create opportunities in which people can have their boobs out. And, like, no, no back,
2: beautiful no. back, and nothing, every, every, nothing. Every
1: sex scene is just shot front on <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're watching it. But watching really bad sex—you're never
2: in it. You're never no. in the sex. That's such a good. Po- you're never in it. You're always just watching it. Yeah, you're always just watching the sex. Yeah, and it's just like what's
1: a movie that that you think has beautiful sex scenes in it? then?
2: Oh, that is tough. That it's a tough one. It's a really out. like
1: cause as it, I was thinking about it, it's like is there anything I've I've said I've probably said it before on this podcast. I think. One of the sexiest scenes in film is in Dirty Dancing mm. and it's their first, like when Baby and Patrick Swayze have their first intimate mm. moment together outside of, outside of dance. And they, like she's like, I, you know, I can't leave this room because I don't want to be anywhere else except with you. And then uh, Cry to Me comes on and they dance together. And to me it's so hot because it's everything you don't see. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know they're going to (laughs) fuck. Like, no, but the dance is so well done and Patrick Swayze is so fucking shredded. He's like, he's like... He looks like a cheese grater. Like, (laughs) Like No, but and then he takes off her top and then it shows maybe two, three seconds of them in bed together. Yeah. And it's just, in my opinion, a perfect... Because they don't need to show the audience because they did a good enough job of building up the chemistry yeah. between those two characters that the intensity of that moment pays off without
2: having to show Javier Bardem's ass and multiple boobs. <laughs> it's like... And, 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 and I, I feel like I don't want to be, like, prude o'clock here... Like I said, short bus is a movie that like shows the whole thing. Have you mm. ever seen short bus? I have not. It's like a lot, mm. right? Um, and it's it's really full on, right? Mm. It really is like it's it, it shows everything, right? But it works. It works. Mm. Whereas there's something about this, like it's just icky. Yeah, it like is. it's just like it's. I'm all for, but it, you've got to have the passion and the camera and the the movie it was a it was I feel like the book it it just I I haven't read the book but I feel like it just was like scenes from the book Yeah for two and a half hours. And yeah. like, then like like then they fuck. Yeah and then people get cholera. No, that's oh my god, happens. that's
1: nail on the head. Because in those kind of books and I'm thinking like the Bronte sisters and it's wordy, 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 they're so hard. To turn into film because it's everything you don't see. It's all the stuff they describe. It's an internal internal. thing that they have. That a good book creates, and this book paid. This book, this film, did not think about that (laughs) before they made it, and they just whoever made this film wanted to make a sweaty, sexy Colombian love story, and all they made was a movie with boobs and Javier Bardem. (laughs)
2: And True bless them for trying, but it is—it's it, like like it's the internal. They, they, I'm sure. There were these scenes, these moments where I'm like, in the book I reckon this is... I reckon what's going on inside oh, these yeah. characters is it profound. They're, but what's happening between the characters is not How about the, not last, the last
1: bit? I mentioned it in the blurb where she's like, you're not going to like what I'm about to show you. And he was like, show me anyway. And she takes off her top and she's got saggy titties now because she's old. And he's like, no, they're sick. <laughs> I love your saggy titties. It is so weird on, yeah. in the movie. But I'm sure in the book is this beautiful moment of the love of his life that he has thought about every second of every day since the second he saw her, 53 years later, has removed her clothing for him, is just this weird scene between two old people, except two young people with old people makeup, and a weird breastplate that makes it look like this very beautiful actress has saggy titties, and it's, that's all it was to me.
2: It's literally like it, it it's, it's adaptation, you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's that thing of, I think I've said this before, but um, Sondheim, you know, the musical, have I said this before? Tell me if I've said it I before. Think you have, I don't
1: think you've mentioned Sondheim.
2: So Sondheim, before he adapts something into a musical, his question is will this story benefit from becoming a musical? Mm. Why am I not? Not do I like the story. Yeah. Why am I adapting this story into a musical?
1: Well, I fucking wish that the creators of this film had
2: had a chat with Sondheim. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's literally just like you have to, like, there were just these moments where I'm like, I'm sure that read beautifully. Yeah. But right now I'm just looking at fake saggy (laughs) breath. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. well, that's what
1: I was thinking the entire time. It's like, bet the book was good. <laughs> like, honestly, I bet the book was good. What movie do you think that has been adapted from a book has done well?
2: Many Jaws, Psycho. Was Jaws a book? Yeah,
1: I didn't know that.
2: But pulp books. Um, I, I think that I think that uh, I think that novels. Big. Hit, I, I'm. There are examples, and people will mm-hmm. point to them. Godfather, but like. Yeah, I think that pulpy books tend to adapt better into films because they are driven by the same thing. They're driven by action. Mm. Film is driven by action. Yep. Great novels mm. are driven by the internal conflict and it's mm. very, very hard to put that in a film. So, like, this adaptation was just like the thing, the beats of the story of the book, but that's probably not what made the book special. No, I agree. So I think pulpy things. I think... Um... Um, I'll
1: say just very quickly, one of my favourite books is Lovely Bones. Yes. Not a great film. I
2: watched that film t- for the first time like two weeks ago.
1: Not a good film. They don't do it justice. They really don't. I will say that Stanley Tucci...
2: Is so good. Is
1: so good. But, no, I don't think that... I don't think it works. I don't and same thing with The Dressmaker, another really, really good book. Not great for the movie. I because think... that is all about internal. It's all about what the characters are going through. The dressmaker, Rosalie Hamm. Very good book. Um and the film just doesn't get it. It's
2: I think it's just the sort of thing of like in the act of adaptation, you can't just tell the story. Mm. You have to go what is special about this book mm. and then and then use the language of film, I think a great adaptation, I've not read the book, but a great adaptation is We Need to Talk About Kevin.
1: I've not seen it.
2: That is a great, great film. And so the book is written all from the perspective of, it's. I think, letters. It's written as letters to, oh, wow. to the father character. It's written by um, the main character, right? Mm-hmm. The film, so it's all first person, mm. the film has no reference to the letters, has no narration, has no, um, none of that, right? And people are like, that's wild. But the film is really, really, really effective. and that's I, cool. I, I love the film. It's a full-on film. But people I know that have, like, it, it's, it asks what's special about this book and mm. then it makes a new piece of art. Mm. Whereas just, like, if the, like they'd done that, like, like they would have had to, there's bits in this where it's like writing. As yeah,
1: they... it's Ugh. fucked. Um, what this is completely off topic, but That's where you would from I'm
2: feeling, I'm vibing. I'm vibing. <laughs> that just sorry, was... guys, <laughs> get set. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a two-hour one. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it really
1: isn't. Um, just you talking about that particular film slash book about the letters and stuff. It reminded me of a documentary um, called Love Gilda. Have you seen it? It's the story of Gilda Radner. And all it, it's kind of based around a bunch of letters or diary entries that they found that she would always sign, Love, Gilda. And the diary entries are read by SNL actors. Oh, wow. And it's her life story. And Gilda Radner is, a, is very good. That's great. Yeah. and just made me remember that and now I want to watch it again.
2: It's just I think the thing is it, it, a good book doesn't necessarily make a good film. No, I agree. Although it, the bones of this story could have made a really great film. With I, mean, a, I
1: think it could have made a very good miniseries. I think, I think you need, I think these books need time. You, and the, oh, no, they gave I, it two hours and no, 20 minutes. No, I, I, I no,
2: think, I think it's a long film. I think it's a long film. But I think of, it. it, it reminded me in parts of other things. It reminded me of Moonlight which is a beautiful, beautiful story yeah. told over many, many, many years of of two people and a forbidden love and everything. It reminded me of, um, I keep forgetting its name, even though it was one of my favourite movies, Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. which similarly tells a story God, set over... God, that's a good movie. That's a movie set over 20 years. Mm-hmm. If if they had been able to simplify it down to these two people and their, their love mm-hmm. over 20 years, I, it could have been a great film. Because I can think of two examples of films that have told similar stories that are two of my favourite films, mm. and that's Moonlight and Moonlight and Brokeback Mountain. No, no, you're right. And, and, and it's just like...
1: It's funny you say the Brokeback Mountain thing because that makes a lot of sense. But similarly, with Brokeback Mountain, it's what you don't see. <laughs> yeah. it's the f- it, You get to know these two characters in particular for arguably with Anne Hathaway and Michelle Williams... So well by how this movie is made and written and shot, that they, they don't just need dicks. <laughs> yeah. like, they
2: don't just need Heath Ledger's dick. <laughs> but I mean, like they 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 go there. I mean, they, they yeah, go I know. But, it, but it, those scenes are like much more sexy than. Yes,
1: I agree. It's but they didn't just go. Well, we need to show that they've had sex or that they want to have sex. Yeah. So we'll just sh- do a shot of Heath Ledger's dick, and then I reckon that'll be enough. It's like it's not enough. It's not enough.
2: What's interesting though is *Brokeback Mountain* isn't an adaptation of a novel novella, mm-hmm. and that's of note because the the story of the novella is kind of the same story. Like it's the right kind of length. Mm-hmm. When you're chopping down a novel, it's a bit of a beast, I think. I agree. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, should ad- we? Yeah.
1: Should we do our leg with starmos? Yeah. We didn't talk about Johnny Legs much in this film,
2: but this- Johnny f- Legs isn't in this film, though. No. No. I wanted more Johnny Legs. Johnny Legs in the lead would have been better. I'll I agree.
1: That. Do you... Do you, But I was just thinking when you were saying that before, if Johnny Legs was in the lead, think of Johnny Legs doing all the things Javier Bardem does in this film. Would it make you, like, gone, oh, no, I don't like that?
2: Yeah. No, look, I think... I, th- I actually think Benjamin Bratt would have been better. I
1: think that's brilliant. Brilliant. brilliant.
2: <laughs> no, I think that's really the flip. I think you need someone that's just like well here's 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 what they could have done they could have done the moonlight mm-hmm. they could have done it like they could have gone all right three periods we have them as old people we mm-hmm. have them as in the middle and we have them as young mm-hmm. and let's cast three different people or they could have done the um fucking uh, Brokeback Mountain and just had it through. But they needed.
1: I'm going to watch Brokeback Mountain tonight.
2: Oh, I love that film. Mm. But they needed um, romantic leads. Like I love Javier Bardem and he was right for the middle and the end as this sort of like kind of um, fucking uh, like uh, he had this weird sort of But he just kind skeezy. I
1: think as crass as it sounds and as funny as it sounds, truthfully, I think that they didn't focus enough on the florentino Firmina relationship and focused way too much on the boobs. Yeah. But truthfully, like, that is truthfully. the issue. Truthfully, that is It was the just issue. stuff
2: happening. It was just yeah. stuff yeah. happening yeah. for two and a half hours yeah. and just, like, it should have been this, like, sense of these two people that were perfect yes. and just they never come back together and, like, Get to that and mm. then build out from there. Yeah, I agree. Too probably too good of a book. Mm. Probably too good of a book. that if you did an adaptation that was like what we're talking about, it would have been too different from the book, and everyone would have been like, ah, I think they were. I think they were stymied by a good book. I agree.
1: Um, I'm giving this two leguistamos. Yeah, I agree. Two
2: two leguistamos. Yeah,
1: it, I think it gets. I think we gave. Like one Leguizamo or one and a half Leguizamo for um, The Counselor. Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That movie sucked ass. This film, at the very least, Leguizamo had a character Mm -hmm. and Leguizamo was an excellent character actor. And he played a angry, controlling father very well. He had very cool facial hair. He's dad Guisamo, I would say, but also riding on that daddy Guisamo. I think yeah. he was
2: very much in the daddy Guisamo so we've got, realm. So we've
1: got Land of the Dead, which was 2005. Five. And this was 2007. So I think we've hit daddy Guisamo. So it's sexy it. dad. Yeah. And he is hot. <laughs>
2: Like, straight up, he's hot. He wears a jaunty hat at one point. I can't express how many attractive people are in this film. Oh, yeah, everyone's hot. This is all wonderful actors that don't get enough opportunities. Mm. Uh, They're all beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, let down by some old British man, just like, oh, we're going to have some boobies (laughs) here. (laughs)
1: Jesus Christ! Like I said, I I don't like shit on Johnny Legs' films. Um, I I I'm a sucker for a love story, but this one just didn't really didn't really
2: bloody butter my bread. Mish, I give this uh, film two Leguistamos. I think all art, when you boil it down, is about sex and death. Mm. This was a film about love and cholera. <laughs> Close but no, no cigar. cigar. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um Hey Zach. Yeah. See ya. See ya.